so in this second episode, I'm going to have a conversation with Ivana and Charlotte about race change makers, what it is, what is that curriculum, what does it include, and how did they put this together. You're going to be hearing lots of interesting insights into how the, you can parent your kids based on their age, based on the development or phase they are in, and how it all can be very naturally and very easily connected with the environment and sustainability. Ivana and Charlotte, warm welcome to the Hampi Place Collection. I'm really happy and very grateful that you came to join the Hampi Talks and to engage in this conversation. A few months ago it was when I connected with Ivana and uh, uh, I learned about race change makers and how you are weaving in the sustainable development goals of the UN into a curriculum that can be something interesting for organizations, companies, parents potentially, uh, and helping them in the process of, of raising those change makers and really changing mindsets. So I got also excited and now I am you know, very happy to meet you, Charlotte, in person and have you here as well and, and learn more about it, you know, learn more what you are up to. So as a start question, as an introductory round, I will ask you to please um, tell me and tell everybody else who is listening to this podcast about who you are as a person and what really drives you to create a community that is about changing mindsets, that is about sustainability and implementing this into daily practices. And it's especially an interesting um, question for me to hear the answers to knowing that both of you are parents and both of you are actually in the process of, of shaping those little mindsets and, you know, getting and raising more awareness around environmental issues. So who are you? Please tell us. Thank you very much for having us. It's really a pleasure to be part of your talks that I believe are very much aligned with how we see uh, the process of changing and shaping minds of young children, uh, educators and parents. I'm Ivana. I'm Ivana uh, Begnovic from uh, Race Change Makers. I am a, a sustainability specialist. I worked for the UN for over 12 years. I'm also a mindfulness and yoga teacher and an author, children's author on sustainability. Uh, I wrote uh, a series of books on sustainability. I'm also a mom of uh, two toddlers and a stepmom. And uh, I simply chose to start creating change from the ground up. I believe my work at the UN, at the high level, uh, uh, institutional level, exposed me to the disconnect between the way we discuss sustainability at the global level and how we understand it and the way it's understood in the world by people who are not necessarily in touch with this kind of debates. Even in schools and educational systems, I do not see the reflection of how we define sustainability today. And that was my biggest motivation starting with my children, really to start driving that conversation in a simple and easy way to bring the change in behavior and change in seeing how the world, how the world will evolve if we have our children and parents and educators on board really understanding completely what sustainability is all about. Thank you, Beatrix, so much for inviting us to your beautiful space here. 
It's really wonderful to be here. And I am Charlotte. I'm a Montessori educator and a mother of two. And I work with parents and educators and organizations on what I believe is the most important work of our lives, which is raising the next generation of capable, caring contributors to the world. And I weave sustainability into everything that I do. And Montessori principles, I'm a Montessori educator, not to three and uh, three to six, and in training for my six to 12 diploma as well. And I've worked with families in the UK, in South Africa, and here in the UAE. I've been in the UAE for eight years. And weaving sustainability uh, is really easy for a Montessori educator because the whole pedagogy, the whole framework of Montessori is based around looking after oneself, looking after the community of others around us, and looking after the environment. So weaving together sustainability and Montessori in uh, parenting, education, and for organizations is actually the natural fit. And Ivana and I have worked together for several years now and done various different projects together. And uh, it was Ivana who said, let's put this together with my experience in sustainability and your experience in Montessori. And as Ivana said, we're here to build a really strong curriculum, which is deliverable for parents, busy parents, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. We deliver workshops to organizations who are looking to empower their employees in terms of sustainability in the home. And of course, for educators, we've got a really robust curriculum that they can then deliver in the classroom that brings meaningful change and shows children that they really can make a difference in the world. That's lovely. And there are so many different um, um, opportunities for you to implement it. And especially because you are parents, I think that's a very, very strong um, factor when anybody is looking at your curriculum, that yes, you do have the educational background, yes, you do understand the institutional uh, benefits of it, but you also live it like you're actually walking the talk. I think that's the strongest asset anybody can have. Um, having said that, um, sustainability is very often like such a broad term and it's so overused, especially now in the year of COP28. It's just like, Every day you would hear the word sustainability and you never know what people mean by it, you know, and people mean different things and they have different perspectives and different perception on the same term. Um, and it's hardly ever that il real life illustrations come up or real life examples come up to, to show what a person means when they say sustainability. So I'm curious to see what specific examples do you bring in in your curriculum to show the real life applications of it. You did mention one, that you wanna empower parents to with their parenting so they can weave it into those conversations and driving those conversations as Ivana mentioned. What specific uh, and real life applications do you see in your curriculum that are related to materials, that are related to processes, related to terminology? Firstly, what I'm going to do is hand over to Ivana because what we're actually doing at the beginning of any workshop, any program, any work we do with anyone is redefining what sustainability means. So as you said, everyone's got a different term for it and it's being sort of hijacked. So we're hijacking it back and Ivana gives a really beautiful and simple explanation of what we're meaning by sustainability um, and then we take it from there. Our studies shows, a lot of surveys show that 
up to 30% in the best case scenario, but 30% of people really understand what sustainability means. And it's really the main misconception, the main myth about sustainability is that it's about the environment. It's only about the environment. Everyone talks about climate change and climate crisis and feels that this is the only, this is the track that we are looking at when we're tackling the sustainable issues that we have in the world. The reality is it is about the environment, but it's also about economic and social issues. We cannot, we do all want very clean air, clean water. We want to have our, we do not want global warming, but at the same time, we need decent jobs. We need everyone to have the opportunity to provide for themselves. And we want the access to all those opportunities, economic and social opportunities for everyone, no matter the background. So sustainability really lies at the intersection of tackling economic, social, and environmental issues. So those are the three main pillars of, of sustainability. And this is, if I, our aim is to begin our curriculum really just busting some of these myths so that we have a context from which we could start changing behaviors and talking to children about what it really means at the age-appropriate level. What I'd like to briefly mention when I talk to a parent or someone who says, could you please tell me what sustainability really is about? It's about that complete access to these three different dimensions. If you look at your own body, you look at your mind, your physical body, your emotions, they all need to be taking care for the body and for us as individuals to really work efficiently and to really be part of the world. It's the same with our environment, our sustainability. If we tackle now the climate crisis, it's dropping all the economic and social issues we are dealing with and neglecting them completely, we're going to get, again, to yet another disbalance. Our economic systems, especially the capitalism, was driving what we have today just because the focus was on creating the profitability and jobs and, and income dropping the social systems in some countries, dropping the environment. So we cannot tackle it without tackling the three. And that's our, our main setting stage in our curriculum, appropriate to the audience, whether it's parents or educators, children or organizations. And then we take it from there. Firstly, we need to understand what the developmental stages are. So that's where we take people. What, uh, what's not appropriate is teaching a two-year-old about global warming or showing them pictures of if they live in a country that doesn't have turtles, is indigenous in the seas around them, don't show them a picture of turtles with plastic around their necks. Because one, that's going to really scare them. They're only two years old. And two, it doesn't have any connection with that actual life that they're living right now. What children need is what's appropriate for them. So what's happening in their immediate environment. So children under the age of six learn with all five of their senses and they need real first-hand experiences to help them become connected to what's going on around them. And so going for a walk in nature, whatever your nature looks like, and noticing some ants walking along the path when you're walking with a toddler, that is as a powerful environmental sustainability message as any other, um, can I say, anything extreme that we want to show them 
it's that doesn't work what works is the tiny simple steps every day and what we show is yeah with your baby um uh, doing something sustainable, introducing sustainability to them is as simple as stringing some dried leaves on um, on some thread and hanging them on a stick as a mobile above their sleeping area, their movement area. That's introducing a love of nature, for example. When we all love something, we want to protect it. So that's for a baby. For a toddler, it's going for a walk. It's noticing the litter in the park and then picking it up and putting it in the bin, not for waiting someone else to do it. It's extending kindness to every person that we meet. Are we, what's that beautiful expression um, about we must be kind to everyone that we meet, not only people who can do things for us? You know, are we as polite to the security guard, to the cashier at the supermarket, to the person that puts the fuel in our car, to we are to a boss or someone who can do something for us or someone who's giving something to us? So in terms of uh, the age and developmental stage, it's really about role modeling. Everything that we do as parents, as adults, um, as caregivers, as educators, that's what's really important. And that's what the hardest part is because we're often looking for things outside of ourselves to teach something specific, but all the answers are within. And if we can act in these ways that are totally in integrity with these values of environmental, economic, and social. Are we living those on a day-to-day -day basis? And we've got the um, information in our curriculum that we can show you what is appropriate for your baby, what's appropriate for your toddler, preschooler, elementary, adolescent. And we have to live it. And when we're living it, then naturally, by this process of absorption, children under the age of six learn with all five of their senses, and they learn everything through absorption. They learn by what's happening in the environment around them. And then when the academic brain comes in from six to 12, that's a period of, of uh, six to 12 is a period of um, intellect and they're really hungry for information, they're hungry for research. And um, Ivana and I have spoken about my daughter, Olivia, she's eight and a half, almost nine. And she's always making posters about the environment and people being kind and all of this and distribution of wealth, because that's where she is and that she feels really strongly about being an advocate for these things and that's led by her and that's her developmental stage and she wants to research um, this piece of information, that piece of information, how she can make a difference. Um, and then adolescents, they're in the next um, stage of development, but they actually want to take action. So they are in the streets and protesting and all of those things. So each development, anything that we um, do with our children has to be developmentally appropriate. But the first thing we do is with us. We can't tell our children to we can't teach about picking up litter and then not do that ourselves while we're going on a walk. We can't teach about kindness and make our child say please and thank you in the home when we don't do that to the security guard on the gate. So it all starts from within and that's what's really exciting because when it comes back to what's within, it really, really simplifies it. And uh, just to add to what Charlotte was saying, <clears throat> just they extending that uh, kindness and, and mindfulness towards the environment in addition to taking care of ourselves and the people around us is also a very critical part of the curriculum. We mentioned the materials and the, the what, what, how do we weave everything into. Uh, regardless of the age group, one of our tracks in the curriculum is very much uh, focused on food and anything, everything related to food from 
all the elements that we have in our ecosystem that help create that food that we eat to all the processes and people who are involved in, in making that food until we sit down and have that meal with our children at home. Uh, we are looking into weaving the entire curriculum with the foundation of mindfulness, mindfulness uh, to everything we do. Like when we go to nature, exercises and little little things we can do just to bring presence to children and to our, first of all, we bring presence to the space when we're in nature. We interact with everything we see in nature and engage all the senses and have children pick up on what that means. It's just breathing the air, appreciating the flowers, touching the soil, touching the earth, and then taking it on to talk at the age-appropriate level about what happens with the food that we eat, what nourishes it, then really play with the texture of soil, of water, understanding the air. Later, as we sit down and eat, that whole mindfulness process of bringing that food in. And um, that's very critical because what I also really love about your concept here with hemp and, and bringing such an important uh, contributor to both all economic, environmental, and social pillars. Hemp really brings all those three pillars together because it has such a massive impact on the environment in addition to people who grow it, who nurture it, and then the production of materials that is very, very uh, environmentally friendly. So the economic and social impact it has on people who grow it. Um, I really feel that that's a wonderful example of what we mean about sustainability. Growing and producing things that impact those three pillars of sustainability. And what I also like about the structure you have in your space, bringing people, especially children at different ages who may not understand the complexity of these, of the context, especially if children are younger than six and seven uh, and they've not been exposed to these concepts, but they come and they immerse themselves in the process of what you can, what will you make here out of hemp, and that's a beautiful way of introducing mindfulness. And at different ages, you're really bringing the information of what it, what it means. Uh, so, it's the curriculum does really try to integrate the behavioral changes that come from the mindfulness and the the, the, the practices of mindfulness that then leads to the natural compassion towards ourselves and others and the environments over, over, over time. Yes, thank you, Charlotte and Ivana. Uh, I think there were a couple of like uh, themes going around while I was listening to you in my head. And uh, I, I loved really how you were describing all of it as, as one system, you know, like all of it, all of the elements are, are equally important. Uh, parts of it and we cannot separate one from another whereas now what we see is 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 really a separation between us and the environment between us and other humans so what you are bringing in it feels like kind of relearning something that we already know or once we knew or our you know um, parents or grandparents they they were using on a daily basis so that's something that we already have a knowledge that's something we just don't pay much attention to we need a refresh button a reset button so those who are eager to start this reset and open to new learning open to change their habits as parents open to change their operations as schools or organizations 
What would you recommend them as the three top tips? Good question. So if we're looking at the organizational level, uh, if, it's a, if it's an educational institution, for example, I would begin with mindfulness reassessing whether staff, educators, and children have a way to bring their attention and focus on something that is that's very that, that, that will calm them, consume them, and, and bring them connection to whether either people, connection to themselves or to the environment. Um, that will be probably the best one to, to sort of do the auditing of and see how that can be integrated in the system. I would say the same for the, a corporate organization, I would say for any business that has the, the aspiration to bring in sustainability, starting from there and the path will unfold. What's um, beautiful about Ivana's explanation about mindfulness as well is when we attribute that to children, their developmental stages are already giving us a gift. So children under the age of six are in the present moment the whole time, are in a state of mindfulness all, the whole time because their brain waves are in delta, so that's deep sleep for the first two years of life. Then they're in theta, which is a meditative state from the age of two to six. So children are already in the present moment. It's often us as adults who are not in the present moment. So what we do in terms of what our first step is us to slow down to our child's pace. That's the number one thing. And that's whether you're a parent, a school or an organization is slow down so we really know what's happening. And often little children, because they are in the present moment. Any of us who've been in the present with young children know that four-year-olds talk about yesterday and today and tomorrow with no understanding of the concept of time. Children don't have a definite co uh, concept of, uh, of time until after the age of six. So the developmental stages give us this gift anyway. So with young children, mindfulness, they actually can show us so much more than we can ever show them about mindfulness. And as you said, about uh, exploring in the soil, in the sand between our toes, little children do these things naturally. And it's for us to emulate what they're, what they're doing. So their developmental stages are such a gift for, for that. So for the second uh, tip is for us to really get to know our child's developmental stages. That's really very, very crucial to understand where our child is. And from there, we can see what they need. Yeah, great. Uh, very powerful reminders. And uh, easy to implement as well. Like what, what I gathered from when I was listening to Ivana is really take that reflection, take that audit of where you are and how you can integrate it. And what I heard from you, Charlotte, saying just slow down. I really love that, you know, slow down and, and really start pausing, noticing more and get clarity on, on, on how you can help your child develop. But it all starts with you, as you both mentioned. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you both. Thank and you so really happy to see that Race Changemakers is growing. And I'm really looking forward to seeing it in more schools, in more organizations, getting in touch with you and inquiring about the curriculum, inviting you for workshops, and, and more of the parents implementing this in their daily life. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you got some nice ideas that you are taking away and do feel free to reach out to these two lovely ladies anytime. I'm sure they are looking forward to hearing from you. 
In the next episode, I am bringing you Vala. Vala is also a mother and a very interesting uh, personality who combines uh, sustainability and education in her life as a mother, in her work as an IDAMA team member, and she's also going to tell us more about IDAMA and how is IDAMA present in the educational terrain of the UAE and what makes it so special and stand out among other training organizations. Mm -hmm.